0: We don't want to learn to come to church. We want to learn to be
1: the church.
2: We hope, as a result of the time we spend together, that you would connect a little bit more with God, with each other, and with your purpose. This is the Community Church Podcast.
0: Well, welcome to the Community Church Podcast. I'm Jim Miskevich here with Dennis Hartzell and Chris Graham, and we're continuing our look through the Book of Ephesians. We're going to be talking about Ephesians three fourteen through twenty one, and this will wrap up the first three chapters, are very theological, doctrinal, and then the uh, looking forward, the last three chapters are uh, very applicable, more personal relationships. Um, for review, the first chapter dealt with um, how—let me look at my notes. I got a lot of notes uh, here—dealt with the Trinity's plan for adopting us. And then Ephesians 2 uh, dealt with how God raised us from the dead and how Christ has made peace with us. And then the first part of chapter 3 talked about how everyone has access to God, the Jews and the Gentiles together. And then it seems to me Paul just kind of gets either so excited or is prompted by the Holy Spirit to kind of just go off and express his love, his admiration, his joy about God. Um, So verses 14 through 21 are definitely different than the first uh, three chapters. The big idea for me is just to... Recognize how spectacular God is, Dennis. What would you think?
1: Um, oh, I like verse seventeen where it talks about that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Uh, boy, it's so exciting when you uh, understand what C- God has done through us through Christ. Uh, how He has saved us. He has uh, caused us to be born again, given us new birth. Whatever word you want to use, uh, and it's all through faith. It's it's uh, the other religions in the world all have things that you have to do to earn your way to paradise or heaven or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, again, it just reminds us in verse 17 that it's all through faith in Christ. And I just, uh, I thrill, uh, that idea always thrills me.
0: Um, what I recognized and I learned uh, about God in this section is that He is the source of my strength. Uh, the word strengthened or empowered or grounded or rooted. There's over six times Paul uses those strong uh, words, and especially through a, a, a crisis or a difficult time, even though me personally, I'm not going through a, a massive uh, crisis during this COVID-19. But um, to give me strength every day is that God should be my source um, of my strength and empowerment It's definitely a kind of a, a pep talk, uh, for me. So these verses 14 through 21 are, I can envision uh, a coach, uh, trying to get up his troops to fight, you know, a battle or go on to the basketball court and win. Uh, it's just a very encouraging, uh, uh, phrase that I just want to keep saying is he, God is the source of my strength. Um, A question that I want to pose to you guys is, how have you seen God's love this week? In verse 19, Paul wants us to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Um, So how have you seen God's love this week?
1: Well, for me, uh, it's just interesting to, as we go through this uh, downturn in the economy for a short time, we hope here, uh, it just caused me to remember Uh, in my career all the times that God has uh, taken care of me. Uh, Some of you I know aren't this old but 1981 there was a downturn in the economy. Jobs were hard to come by. High unemployment. And uh, God provided a job. I won't take time to explain each of these but God provided a job for me during that time. I remember standing in line with 150 people for it to be uh chosen over uh, they only had 20 openings in a factory and i was just out of college and uh yeah that was uh that was, god provided uh in 2001 when we had the 911 thing uh, as many of you know, I'm a corporate pilot, and all planes were grounded during that time. And how God provided for me and my family during that time. Uh, again, I, I won't bore you with the details. But then in 2009, I got laid off from a job I had worked for worked at for 17 years, uh, flying for a company, a uh, Fortune 500 company, and and they laid me off. And uh, boy, I thought, God, what do you uh, you know, what are you gonna do here? Uh, how, how's this gonna work out? And again, He was faithful, provided another job for me, and now. Uh, Even in 2020 with this thing, uh, I'm not flying presently, but God is taking care of me. And I'm just uh, so thrilled with uh, that's the thing where I saw God's love uh, just in rehearsing for myself how God has taken care of me through these, uh, if you will, depressed times uh, through the years. Just as a point of reference, I was born in 1981. Uh, I know, I'm the old guy. I'm the old guy. (laughs) (laughs) Just call me Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: For me this week, it was probably... um, from the ownership of my company in that they did not want us there at our work any longer than we needed to be. Um, We provide parts for companies that are deemed essential, therefore we are essential, but that is not changing uh, their viewpoint on whether we should be there or not. They know what's going on right now is very serious and they don't want anybody at work to get this or to spread it. And so they're trying to put um, the employee first, and they're showing us God's love in doing that. And our, our boss, many people here might remember, is Todd Teason, who's a great Christian guy, and uh, uh, certainly is putting the welfare of the people even above the welfare, financially speaking, of the company, and trying to get orders out, um, because he's, he values us so much as, as people and uh, wants to show God's love to us by doing that. Um, I've seen God's love. I, my
0: My hardship is uh, just being uh, stuck. I like, I like looking forward to things. I like to have a plan. I like to go and see people. I don't know if they want to see me, but I like to go and see people, go to church and, and uh, you know sing with other uh, uh, people. And I, I' just been stuck is, is the the I use the phrase stalled with somebody and that, that's not the worst hardship i'm sure um during this but how i've seen god's love is he, he's given me hope and, and just small things uh there was a sunny day and just the sunlight encouraged me um i was able to go on a walk uh just small things i was able to um what joy brought me to to play basketball with my kids uh, i've spent more time with them i I, that is a good thing. I don't always take it as a good thing being with my kids for, you know, I, I'm at home during this uh, whole thing. I get to be with them. and uh, uh, you know, ten years ago when I started this parenting process, one of my goals was to be able to, you know, play sports with my kids. So God has shown me hope in just the small things like sunlight and, and nature and my family and basketball. And there are bigger things um, that God can show his love. But he, he also wants us to be able to see the small things that, uh, for me, give me hope that, you know, this will end. I know it will end at some point. Um, uh, Dennis, did you have any questions uh, for us?
1: Um, oh, uh, one question that came to my mind was in the verse 17 where it says um, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You know, that, the question came to me, what does that mean for Christ to dwell in my heart? And as I did a little studying on it, a little thinking on it, and looked at some other verses, I think uh, maybe three phrases came to mind. To make him the uh, king of your heart, to enthrone him, uh, to put him in first place, uh, to have him dwell in your heart, or as I know you guys used to teach in Awana, let him be the boss of your, of your life. That, that's what it means to have him uh, in your heart. And so that was just a kind of an interesting thought just to think again about what that phrase means. When I hear the phrase dwell uh,
0: with us, so Christ may dwell in your hearts, is, is to live with. So to be able to, as many times as I can, think about what Christ would do, what Christ has done, in the big things, in the small things, uh, to be able to pray with him, but it's to live with. It's not go to church on Sunday. It's not, hey, this is my 15-minute prayer or 15-minute time of the Bible, and that is Christ's time. No, it's to be with him. Like my children are with me all the time now, with like my wife who is stuck with me, that they get to Live that, that Christ is in my thoughts, in my prayers, in my actions. So when I hear the word "dwell," I think of live with.
2: You know, I—I I love Paul and his writings, and uh, his prayers are just awesome. And so, this being a prayer for spiritual strength, I'm going to let you know I'm a little, uh, a little annoyed with Paul from, let's say, the production aspect of this letter. Uh, just because, I mean, in today's society, this is the mic drop. This is this is the walk-off, home-run prayer. You put it at the end of the book, not the end of chapter 3. You know, that's where you put it, but that's just my pettiness over here. But, I, I mean, this is such a powerful prayer when you read it with, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of feeling, a little bit of emotion. It's hard to read sometimes and have that in your mind if you don't do it naturally. But this is just uh, an awesome prayer that we can pray today for ourselves during this coronavirus period, for that spiritual strength. And it's it's amazing to see the work God is doing in his church uh, during this time. And that prayer is just it's a great thing to hold on to uh, in your own prayer life.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. And if we look at the other, uh, he has actually five prayer requests here, things that he's praying for these Ephesian believers, that they might be strengthened with might, like you mentioned, uh, that Christ might dwell in their hearts through faith, like I mentioned, uh, that they might be rooted and grounded in love. In verse 18, that they may be able to comprehend the love of Christ or fully understand it. And then lastly, in verse 19, uh, they might be filled with all the fullness of God or maybe an idea of being to- totally dominated by him. And anyway, yeah, that uh, I actually, as we studied for this, I prayed these prayers, uh, these ideas for my church and for my family uh, this week. And then, Just to close with an idea here for myself, it says in verse 20, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Uh, I read in one commentary it said super abundantly. uh, is might be a way to say this. Or um, it made me think of these um, people that receive honors at these shows on TV, whether it's for the best movie of the year, best music of the year, um, athletes who win the Super Bowl or win some high achievement. A lot of them, when the mic is stuck in front of them, they go, I, I really don't have words to describe what, what I'm feeling or what has just happened to me. And that's kind of what Paul says here, that he is able to do, like I can't even describe it, exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. you know. And just to realize we have that kind of God that can do what words can't even express. I mean, it's super abundant. And that's the only words he could come up with to describe how God uh, treats us.
0: It is fascinating where this prayer happens because, yes, you would think this is the crescendo, Mm -hmm. the the send-off, as as you said. But uh, it might be that Paul was just so excited about the gospel that he just shared, the saved by grace through faith, that we have unity with one another, that now all of mankind can come together through Christ. Maybe he gets so excited about that that he has to just stop and talk about how great God is. Mm -hmm. But also the next chapters are about hey, because we have this amazing God who can do all these things, then let's show it in our relationships with the church, with others, with our families. As that's what the next
2: uh, uh, chapters are going to talk about. Is connecting with God connecting with each other and connecting with our purpose. That's, hey. that's a good vision. Okay, I I'd throw it out there. I don't know <laughs> who <laughs> came
0: up with that uh, vision statement, the but yes. Um, th- these verses in there are definitely uh, exciting and uplifting and a great thing to be able to, to read, and that flows with the application. So for me, I said that uh, to be able to remember God, that I need to write them down. Um, Pastor Dan, years ago, uh, encouraged people, hey, if you want to grow – one way to be able to do that could be that you write down various different things in your life. And, uh, I have a a journal that I write in, um, about different things. Uh, but one thing I want to write down this week is to write down two amazing aspects of God. If that is God knows everything or God can see absolutely everything. But, uh, If I can write those down, maybe I can just get a glimmer
1: of how amazing God is. Yeah, I like uh, uh, thinking of a word of encouragement here, going back to verse 13. He says, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. And how applicable that is to us today. Uh, God does not want us to lose heart. Uh, we understand he has a plan. He had a plan for the Gentiles. He had a plan for the church. Uh, he has all these plans that we've been talking about uh, each week here. And it's just kind of neat. And then lastly, in verse uh, verse 21, he says, To him be glory in the church. And it just reminded me how important the church is to Christ. In 1 Corinthians it says he died for the church. And sometimes it can be disheartening to see people or hear people to, uh, not put the church as a, as the church, the body of Christ, as being important, uh, just their relationship to Christ being important. But uh, it emphasizes here how important the church is. Christ died for the church.
2: I think for me it's going to be going back to what Pastor Dan's encourages to do for a while, which is to take time to pray Scripture. And I think this passage specifically would be a great one to do. Paul laid it out for us. And look for... God moving through those prayer requests, and not just reciting it, but actually truly praying it, and then uh, waiting to see how God will do that. Especially, you know, for me, a lot of unknowns with work and uh, just the spiritual strength we need for that, as well as our church. Um, is there something else that looks like Dennis has has a thought? I can, I can <laughs> after
0: doing these podcasts for a while, I can I can tell
1: <laughs> when Dennis
0: has has a thought. So go ahead.
1: Uh, well, just this idea that uh, what does uh, faith in Christ. Uh, Give us and again going back to verse 12, it says, "In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him." It gives us access to the throne of God to uh, be bold and talk to Him. It tells us in Hebrews, and and I just want to throw this out there for anyone who's listening who really doesn't feel like they can be bold, they go boldly before the throne of God and ask Him for things. They don't feel like they have a relationship with Him. Man, again, we'd love to talk to you about what it means to have uh, faith in him, especially during this Easter season. What, what is this whole thing about, this whole Easter story about? We'd love to talk to you about that.
0: Well, I appreciate you going through half of Ephesians uh, with us. We will be doing the next chapter, chapter 4. Again, the purpose of this is not just to hear uh, Chris's or mine or Dennis's amazing thoughts. We'd love for you to study along with us, to write down what you think the main idea is to write down what you learn about God. Um, ask a question. Either ask a question of someone else, or you can uh, feel free to write us with any questions or positive remarks at info at church. But we'll be starting Ephesians 4. We'll be studying verses 1 through 16, uh, which we'll be talking about the body of Christ.
1: Hey guys and gals, today I will be reviewing a book by David Jeremiah entitled, Revealing the Mysteries of Heaven. Uh, Dr. Jeremiah is well known by many of you. He is the senior pastor of Shadow Mountain Community Church near San Diego, California, where he has served for over 30 years. He is the founder of Turning Point Ministries, where he communicates through daily radio and television programs, the truths of the Bible. He has written over 50 books and participates in conferences around the globe. In this day of so many dying from drug overdoses, cancers, and viral diseases, and other such things, we often find ourselves wondering about the afterlife. We may ask ourselves, is there life after death? Is there a heaven to gain and a hell to shun? Can I trust my life on the teachings of the Bible? In this book, Dr. Jeremiah not only affirms that we can trust the teachings of the Bible, but that we must do so. There is nowhere else to turn for absolute truth on what happens after we die. He answers many questions about what is it like in heaven? What will we see? What will we feel? What will we do there? What does the Bible mean when it talks about a new heaven? The most important message of Dr. Jeremiah's book is the explanation of who will be there. That is the most important question we all must answer. If you are curious about what the Bible says about heaven, this book is for you. I especially appreciate Dr. Jeremiah telling his readers when something is his opinion. He makes it clear when something is unclear in his mind, but shares his opinion and allows for others to form theirs. There are many books out there about heaven. Many of them are just downright, uh, I'll call, nonsense. They are often feel-good books that seem to be written to affirm common ideas about heaven, but have little biblical support. The Bible affirms that everyone who dies is not going to heaven. This is not a popular message. Are there pearly gates? Will everyone be playing a harp and sitting on a cloud? Are the streets really made of gold? Will we all have a set of wings? Does a bell ring every time an angel gets his wings? I suggest reading this book to discern the false from the truth. I give it a 5 out of 5 rating uh, for encouraging me to look forward to heaven. And don't we all need all the encouragement we can find in this time we are living? Again, Revealing the Mysteries of Heaven by Dr. David Jeremiah and keep listening for the trumpet.